Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Brett's Alton Radio Show. Welcome to my home here in beautiful Lime Bay. It is William's birthday today. He's eight today, and he's very excited. William is a nightmare for getting up early. On a school day, it is almost impossible to get William out of bed. Then, as soon as the weekends arrive, or the holiday, which this has been uh, half term, so as soon as there's a holiday, William is he's in the room, 6.30 in the morning. Every morning drives us crazy. Wouldn't be without him, obviously, but it would be nice to get a little bit more, more sleep. And then when we send him back to bed, he, he'll go and maybe watch his iPad for a bit. But then every 10 minutes, he's in and out. Something to show you. And however much you say, William, please just leave us. Let us sleep. No, he can't do it. He finds it impossible. However, thank you for joining me once again for our regular late night visit to those dusty studio archives of old time radio shows right here at my home on the south coast of the United Kingdom. I'm Brett. I'm your host for our nighttime podcast. Welcome to another episode. I've got Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. They're all called Brett's old time radio show. If you could maybe give us a little follow. Well, that'd be nice. Please remember, we've got a supporter page at patreon.com forward slash Brett's old time radio show. Time now for more comedy from Dad's Army. This is episode 14 of series one. It's called The Loneliness of the Long Distance Walker. We present Arthur Lowe, John LaMessera and Clive Dunn in Dad's Army. Episode 14, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Walker, featuring John Laurie and Arnold Ridley, with this week's guests, Graham Stark, Jack Watson, Judith Furs, and Michael Knowles. <laughs> Here is the news, and this is John Snag reading it. In these dark days of 1940, when Britain stands alone against the crushing might of the Nazi aggression, and her young men have answered their country's call to arms, a great responsibility for the defence of our homeland is thrust upon that ever-vigilant band of civilians, the Home Guard. At Wallington-on-Sea, in the side office of the church hall, the local platoon commander, Captain Mannering, is busy studying an important document. Oh, excuse me, sir. Oh, yes, Wilson. I follow the men in for inspection, sir. I shan't be a minute. Uh, look, Wilson, I've just received this letter from GHQ. It's about hand grenade practice. Let's listen to this. Mm-hmm. Dear Sir, in the light of recent experience, it has been found that the best thing to use as a dummy grenade is a knob from a brass bedstead. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we suggest that you issue a memo to your platoon to provide as many brass bedstead knobs as they can lay their hands on. Ross and Sally J. Roche Brigadier. They really do come up with some wonderful schemes, don't they, sir? Yes, I must put a notice about this on the board. Well, that's a good idea, sir. The man could do with a little light relief. This is serious, Wilson. Well, of course, sir, yes. Of course. Let me see, how shall I head it? Brass knobs? No. Stones. <laughs> but. Have you any brass knobs? All right, sir. Perhaps it needs to be. A, no, no, just a little bit more eye catching. How do you mean? Oh, sir, something like. Um, um, bring us your brass knobs or. About, uh, new brass knobs for old. Well, this is war, Wilson, not Aladdin. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. I find your public school humour a little irritating at times. <laughs> anyway, 
How can we give them new ones when we haven't got any in the first place? Well, I was only trying to be helpful, sir. Now, this is urgent. I want the men to collect as many brass knobs as they can. Hmm? I shall set an example and bring the knobs from my bed. Can you get hold of any? Well, uh, <clears throat> Mrs. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Pike's got some on her bed. <laughs> Has she really? <laughs> well, requisition them next time you go there. She may not care to have her bed requisitioned. Never sir. mind that. Just bring the brass knobs. Oh, very well, sir. I have it. Britain needs your brass knobs. How's that? Yes, sir, yes, yes, yes. And that has a definite ring to it. Right. Now let's go and inspect the men. All right. All right, all right, all right. Now, come along, sir. Settle down, settle down, everyone. All right, platoon. Attention. Just ready for inspection, sir. Bar two. Wilson. Sir? You're supposed to be giving me a piece of military information, not calling the odds. <laughs> Who's missing? Well, Private Pike and Private Walker, sir. Pike's at home with a bad attack of hay fever. Oh, not again. Where's Walker? I don't know, sir. That's worrying. He's bringing me a bottle of whiskey tonight. Yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> he's bringing me some cigarettes as well. Uh, perhaps he's got uh, delayed, uh, you know, picking our orders up. Yes, perhaps he's been picked up. <laughs> not like him to be late. I don't like the look of this, Jonesy. I ordered a bottle of whiskey from Walker. Yes, and he promised me a bottle of gin, Mr. He's, Kaiser. He's bringing me a bounce of fudge. I thought you didn't eat sweets, Mr. Godfrey. It's for my sister. But, uh, stop talking in the ranks. Now, uh, shall we carry on without them, sir? Yes, of course. Bajoon! Bajoon! I'm sorry I'm late, I'm sorry I'm late, but I've got to go, you know. We all realise that, Walker. In the meantime, fall in. No, sir, you don't understand. I have got to go. It's the medical. But you shouldn't have taken too much of it. Are you all right now? No, sir. No, look, it's my call-up. I've got to go for me medical in ten days' time. But I thought you were in a reserved occupation. What do you describe yourself as? I put myself down as a banana salesman and an old sales supplier of illuminated signs. Do you think that's what I slipped up? <laughs> very serious news. You'd better fall the men out, Sergeant. All right, sir. Right. Fall out, you chaps. Uh, this is terrible news, Joe. Terrible. Put him on my whiskey. Yeah, and my gin. What about my sister's fudge? Now, don't be selfish, man. You're only thinking about yourselves. Walker. By the way, what about my whiskey? <laughs> I've got it here in my bag, sir. Oh, that's all right, then. Here, Hawk. Thank you. Now, the point is, we really need you in this platoon, Walker. I mean, you are more important to us here than you would be in the army. Don't you agree, Wilson? Well, I... I oh, uh, here's your facts, Mr. Wilson. Oh, thank you, Walker, thank you. Oh, oh, definitely more important. <laughs> you can't expect a lot of brass heads in Whitehall to know what the situation is. I mean, to them, Walker is just one of millions. An insignificant, nondescript, non-entity. Yeah, steady on. I'm merely giving you Whitehall's view. Oh, I see. But to us, you're an important cornerstone in our organisation. Well, this is a time for action, not words. Don't you think so, Wilson? Oh, I, I always think it's a good idea to keep the words down to an absolute minimum, sir. Precisely. <laughs> we'll send a telegram to the War Office pointing out that they made a big mistake and telling them that we're jolly well coming in to sort it out with them. Take this down, Wilson. All right, sir. I'm just going to get a pencil and paper, sir. Permission to speak, sir? Yes, Jones. I know a few dodges that are stopping part of his medical. The best one is to drop some water in his ear holes and plug them up with cotton wool. <laughs> I'm not having any of that. Well, it'll make you deaf just long enough not to pass the medical. Jones, are you suggesting that I should stoop to underhand tricks to stop Walker being called up? No, of course not, sir. It's the only way you do it. Nonsense. <laughs> I should tell them straight that he's more important to us 
then he would be in the army. I've got the paper and pencil, sir. Right, now take this down. Mm-hmm. To the officer in charge, Home Guard, War Office, Whitehall, London. Message begins. Desirable Walker, not called up yet. We'll call on you tomorrow, 5 p.m. 1700 hours, sir. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sign. Captain Mannering, 1st Platoon, Warming John C. Home Guard. Got that? Yes, sir. I'll sit up and they get that at the War Office. Come in. Excuse me, Brigadier. Yes, Captain, what is it? There's a Mr. Mannering and a Mr. Wilson to see you, sir. They have an appointment for five o'clock. Oh, good Lord. I've forgotten all about them. Yes, it's all the fault of that damn brother-in-law of mine. How do you mean, sir? Well, he's CEO of this PT outfit, and he's mad, clean, heel and toe merchant. Heel and toe merchant, sir? Well, it's long-distance walker. He won the London to Brighton race in 37. Oh, I see. Yes, he wants to get together a crowd of fellows to make up a crack team. What's this got to do with the Home Guard, sir? Well, he thought there might be lots of fellows in the Home Guard waiting for their call-up, so he asked me to send out to General Round Robin to some of the units, asking if they'd got any champions due to going to the army. Did you have any luck, sir? No, no good at all. Didn't get a single answer. That was until a few days ago. Then I got this telegram. Look. Thank you, sir. Desirable Walker not called up yet. We'll call on you tomorrow. (laughs) Seventeen hundred hours. Captain Manning, 1st Platoon, Warmington Sea Home Guard. Hmm. Odd thing is, that's not one of the units I sent the round robin to. However, I'd better see them and get rid of them as quickly as possible. Bring them in, Cuts. Right, sir. Mr. Manning, Mr. Wilson, would you come in, please? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, sir. Very good of you to see us. Sit down, gentlemen. I can give you five minutes only. I will just take down the details. What's this walker's name? (laughs) I beg your pardon, sir. The walker's name, what is it? Walker, sir. Do you mean to say you've got a walker named Walker? <laughs> yes, sir. That's unusual, eh, Cuts? Oh, I don't know, sir. I once knew a tailor named Taylor. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yes, sir. Yes, well, perhaps you're right. Well, well go on. Uh, what's this walker's record? His record, sir? He's got a record, hasn't he? He's got a record, well, sir. <laughs> well, I don't think he's ever been found out, sir. <laughs> no record, sir. Well, is he good? Oh, yes. He's very good, sir. Well, how the hell can he be good if he hasn't got a record? I don't think I quite follow you, sir. Are you keeping track of this, Cuts? I'm doing my best, sir. Look, is he one of the London to Brighton walkers? Oh, no, sir. No. I think he's one of the Warmington-on-Sea walkers. (laughs) Sea walkers? No, Jay Walker, sir. Jay Walker? Yes, Joe Walker. That's his full name. I know what his name is, but uh, how do you know he's a walker? Because he told us so. He distinctly said, I'm Walker. Surely he said, I'm a Walker. No, no, sir, no. Not a Walker. He said, I'm Jay Walker. Have you got all this down, Cuts? Well, I think so, sir. Well, try and keep up, try and keep up. Uh, Now, gentlemen, when is he due for call-up? Oh, very soon. He goes for his medical next week. Yes, well, very well. Leave it with me. I'll see what I can do. Good day, good day. Thank you very much, sir. See them out, Captain. Very good, sir. Right, gentlemen. Oh, that's the air aid warning. Mr. Mannering, Mr. Wilson, you'd better go down to the shelter in the basement. It's along the passage and down the stairs. Oh, thanks. Good day. A Walker, J Walker, those two are up the pole, if you ask me. If my brother-in-law wants any walkers, he'll have to get them himself. Uh, hadn't we better beat it down to the shelter, sir? 
What, with those two lunatics? You can go if you want. <laughs> I'd rather take my chances up here. Come in. Ah, Wilson. Everything under control after our late start this morning? Yes, I think so, sir. It was a bit embarrassing, though, wasn't it? I mean, all, all those customers and the staff waiting on the doorstep for us to open the bank. Well, I think they understood. Once I explained we'd been delayed overnight in London by an air raid. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Although, as I was putting the key in the door, mm. I could have sworn I heard that cheeky new girl humming, Who Were You With Last Night? What? <laughs> well, surely that was Run, Rabbit, Run, wasn't it, sir? You always were tone-deaf, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't mind my saying so, sir, you seem a little bit edgy this morning. Edgy? Hmm. Well, who wouldn't be edgy after a night spent in the underground? Well, didn't you sleep, sir? No, I did not. Lying on that dirty platform with my face pressed up against those cold tiles is not my idea of first-class accommodation. Well, personally, I found the conversation most entertaining. Then quite obviously you are deaf. Because I do not find somebody shouting in my ear, Mind the doors! Let them off first, please! conducive to a good night's sleep. Well, I managed all right. Well, I happen to be a little more sensitive. Yes, what is it? There's a Mr. Walker to see you, sir. Oh, right. Send him in. Very good, sir. Walker's here. Yes, I expect he wants to know how he got on at the war office. Yes. Uh, uh, by the way, Wilson, mm -hmm. I don't think Walker needs to know where we were last night. I mean, it wouldn't do if it were to get around that a man of my standing had spent the night lying down in the underground. No, 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 no. It wouldn't, sir, no. Would it? Morning, all. Morning, Walker. I came along a bit earlier, but you were still closed. Yes, yes, we were delayed in London by an air raid. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I mean, I don't blame you, eh? Eh? Have a night on the tiles, did you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were right. on home guard business. It's all right, Mr. Manrin. We're all men the world. You don't understand, Walker. Don't worry. I shan't breathe a word. What I really came round for was to find out how you got on at the war office. Ah, well, I put your case most forcibly to the Brigadier, and he was very impressed. I should think it's only a question of time before we hear from him. That's good. I just want to know. Right then, I'll be off. Uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Manning. Not at all, Walker. Always glad to be of assistance. Cheers. Well, sir, I must uh, pop off home to shave and change now. I haven't got much time. The committee meeting is at uh, 11.30. What precisely do you do on this committee? Inspect the drains? Well, you see, it's the Military Service Hardship Committee, sir, for people with one-man businesses who will be ruined if they're called up. Oh, I see. Draft dodgers. No, 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 no. Not, not all of them, sir. Some of them are, are quite genuine cases. Yes, well, I'm sure they'll be... Wait a minute. Walk. He's got a one-man business. Yes, but if he's called up, he'll hardly be ruined. No, but we shall be. I'm, not... <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, but I, I couldn't be a party to anything like that. I'm not suggesting anything underhand. Well, of course you're not, sir, but I, I thought you were expecting to hear from the war office. Oh, I merely said that to keep up Walker's morale. I doubt if we shall hear anything from Whitehall. That brigadier didn't seem to understand a word we were saying. Yes, he did get rather confused, didn't he? I wonders how they get these positions. <laughs> Members obviously see now. No, no, no. I think we must explore other avenues. There's nothing to stop Walker going before this committee, is there? No, I suppose not, sir. And you'd be there to make sure he got a favourable hearing? Well, I must emphasize, sir, that I shall have to be absolutely impartial. Oh, I shall expect you to be, Wilson. I shall expect you to be. And I know I can rely on you to banish from your mind the thought that if Walker goes, so will the cigarettes and the whiskey. <laughs> 
you will decide the case solely in the light of the mortal blow dealt to his struggling one-man business and the threat to the security of this island if we lose one of the only able-bodied men in our unit. But he'll be in the army, sir. This is the place where Jerry's going to attack Wilson. Not Catrick. <laughs> what does he have to do? Well, he fills in an application form. Well, bring one back with you. We'll get it filled in tonight. Well, he'll need someone to speak for him, sir. A lawyer? No, no, no. Just a reliable citizen of some repute. Can you think of any more suitable person than a bank manager? Well, like me? I, uh, well... Right, that settles it. <laughs> I shall represent him. And in conclusion, may I urge the tribunal, with respect, of course, but may I urge the tribunal to consider this is not a war in which gallant knights ride out to cross swords with the king's enemies. This is mortal combat. To the death for every man with, with in, in, in whose veins course uh, the, the British blood, every man Jacobus can throw out our chests and say, I am a frontline soldier. Not only the men, Mr. Mannery. Precisely. I, Mrs. Chairman, I, uh, <laughs> Chairwoman. That is the point that I'm trying to make. Every man, Jack, and, and, uh, and every woman, Jack, can throw out our, our... Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> and, and that, uh, Mr. Uh, Madam uh, Chairman, woman, and uh, Jeffrey Fogel, <laughs> is my case on behalf of Joseph Walker. Well, before we continue, on behalf of my fellow committee members, Mr. Reese and Mr. Wilson, I'd like to thank Mr. Mannering for coming here and assisting us. Do uh, you wish to say something before we go any further, Mr. Reese? Yes, Madam Chairman. Through the chair, I would like to say that we have heard a very eloquent speech from Mr. Mannering, but none of it was really to the point. What we are here today to decide is, if Mr. Walker is called up, would it ruin his business? And that and nothing else. The fact that Mr. Mannering has extolled the virtues of Mr. Walker has no bearing whatsoever on the case. Thank you, Mr. Reese. Have you anything else... To add to that, Mr. Wilson? Well, I'm sure Mr. Manning would be the last person in the world to waste the time of the tribunal deliberately. I think it was just ignorance of our procedure that led him to go on uh, a little longer than was absolutely necessary. Here, Mr. Manning, I thought Mr. Wilson was on our side. So did I, Walker. Now then, <clears throat> let's just get the details right. The address of your business, Mr. Walker, is 1B Slope Alley... Just off the high street. Uh, that is right, yeah. You know, I've lived in Warmington-on-Sea all my life, and I still can't place where your business is. Yes, through the chair, I'd like Mr. Walker to tell us where his business is. Well, uh, through the chair, I will tell you. No, 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 no Mr. Walker. <laughs> you don't go through the chair. Eh? No. <laughs> Mr. Reese and Mr. Wilson speak through the chair, but you speak to me. Ah, you see, I am the chair. <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, you see, you go down the R Street, just past Mr. Mannering's bank, and you carry on for about 100 yards. And Slope Alley is on your right. You go down it, ooh, 20 yards, and you come to a little green door. You go through that, and you find yourself in a yard. And that's where your business is? Uh, no, not quite, no. Uh, that's where Sid Newman's business is. Second-hand motor car accessories. Well, you go through his yard, down at the bottom are a couple of old garages, and that's where I am. Well, haven't you got a relation? I mean, uh, someone who could run your business for the duration? No, I am an orphan. 
By that, Mrs. Chairwoman, he means that he had no mother or father. <laughs> we do know what an orphan is, Mr. Mannering. Yeah. Uh, Madam Chairman. Yes, Mr. Wilson. I'm sure Mr. Mannering has no intention of casting any slur on the intelligence of the tribunal. It's just that when one talks as much as Mr. Mannering does, by the law of averages, a certain amount of what he says is bound to be rather unnecessary. Well, <laughs> before we come to any decision about your case, Mr. Walker, we'll have to see your books. I? <laughs> your account books? Have you brought them with you? Uh, well, no, you see, I mean, I, I, mean well, I, I didn't think you'd want to see them. <laughs> Until you produce your books, Mr. Walker, we cannot proceed with your case. Is this the last appeal today, Mr. Rees? Yes, Madam Chairman. Ah, then I'll be off. I'm late enough as it is. This meeting is adjourned. Good day. Well, I think we did very well, Walker. I think they were, they were most impressed with our case. Do you, sir? But of course, they'd, they'd be the last people in the world to allow their feelings to show. I got the impression they thought we was a couple of right Charlies. Oh, no. No, no I'm a pretty old hand at this game. Let me assure you, you're quite wrong. All we have to do is bring your books along next week and everything will be perfectly all right. Well, you see, <laughs> I, I, I can't do that, Mr. Manning. Why not? I don't keep any. <laughs> you, mean to say that, you mean to say that you run a business and you don't keep books? I've never heard anything quite like that. Yeah. Couldn't we cook up a set of books between us, Mr. Mannering? I mean, after all, you're a bank manager. You should know how. How dare you suggest such a thing, Walker? <laughs> In all my years of banking, I have never heard anything so outrageous. I wash my hands of the, of the whole affair. Good day to you. Here, here, Mr. Mannering, don't go. Here, what's that? What does say? Hello, Joe. Uh, hello, Jonesy. Did they let you off in? No. They want to see my books, and as I don't keep any books... That was the end of that. Oh, dear. You know, I think there's only one way to get you out of this, Joe. What's that? We should have to make sure you don't pass your medical. How can you do that? Well, there's a little wrinkle we used to employ. Fraser! Right. Bring that ladder over, will you? I'm on that, sir. Right. Now, Joe, take your shoes and socks off. What for? You ain't got flat feet, have you? Of course I haven't. Well, you soon will have. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the ladder, Joe. Thanks, Fraser. Now, Joe, all you've got to do is keep jumping off this ladder and remember to land flat-footed. I'm not doing that. It'll hurt me. Well, only at first. You'll soon get used to it. Ah, oh, there's nothing to it, laddie. Well, look, you start from the bottom step and you work up. And remember to land flat-footed. Right, now off you go, walk up. Well, all right. I, I just hope you know what you're doing. I'll start clapping as he jumps. Right, very good, Mr. Godfrey. Ready, Joe? Jump! Oh, one... Up you go again. Come on, right. Jump. Oh, two. Right, again. Oh, three. Oh, four. Five. Four hundred and ninety-six. <laughs> go on, go on. Up the third step. Ready? Jump. Oh, 497. That's a lot. That is a lot I am not doing any more. Man, man, you've no stamina. No. <laughs> I'll never be able to get my boots on. My feet are all swollen. You've ruined me for life. Don't you worry, lad. Your feet will be as bright as rain in a couple of days. <sighs> Just so long as they stay like that for your medical tomorrow. Aye, that's all you've got to worry about, son. Now, let me see. 
What time have you got to be at the medical board, walk up? 9.30. Right, you leave your place at 9 o'clock sharp, run right round the town at the double, and by the time you get in front of that medical board, you'll be fit for nothing. <laughs> After what we've done, I take one look at him and fail him on the spot. <laughs> He's a physical wreck, he is. <laughs> They'll never let him into the army. Never. never. <laughs> at the double! Double! Ah! Lift right, lift right, lift right! Come on, walk up! Keep in line there! One! Woo! You are now officially in His Majesty's Army. You will all take the King's shilling. You sure he can spare it? <laughs> no talking in the ranks there. Now, at the command double march, you will proceed smartly across the parade ground to the barbers. Squad double! Lift right, lift right, lift right, lift right, lift right, lift right, lift right. There you are, son. Bit short, isn't it? Well, you know what they say. Here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> right, that'll cost you one shilling. I've only just been given that. Then you're not out of pocket, are you? Lift right, 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 lift right. Battle dress trousers two, flannel shirts two, woolen socks two, boots two, size 11. I take size 10. Don't worry about that, son. A few weeks square bashing, your feet will soon spread. Right, get along there. Lift right, lift right, lift right, lift right. Come and get it, lad. Yeah. Come and get it. Is this where the grub is? What do you want then, mate? Uh, what you got? Good choice today. Spam and mash, Wharton pie and mash, vegetable pie and mash. Vegetable pie? What's in that? Spudgeful. <laughs> then, of course, there's a chef special, corned beef fritters. You know, it's a funny thing. I've never had corned beef before. Never had corned beef? Hey, Sarge, there's a bloke here who says he's never had corned beef before. Never had corned beef, Private Walker. No, Sergeant. Oh, it's your lucky day then, isn't it? I'll tell you, for corned beef like this, people in Civvy Street are pay good money. Really? <laughs> tell me, Sarge, uh, where are your stores? Well, do you want corned beef or don't you? All right, I'll give it a try. Right, two corned beef fritters coming up. That's the idea, son. You get stuck into them, build you up, they will make you big and strong. Right, lights out. Sleep well, lads. Another lovely day tomorrow. Revelle is six o'clock sharp, then 30 minutes PT. Gives you an appetite for breakfast. Are you trying to tell me something, Private Walker? <laughs> I, I don't feel very well. Army food too rich for you, is it? <laughs> You look terrible, lad. Oh. Your face is purple and you've got great white blotches on it. Oh. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Oh. 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 Right, you better report to sick quarters. Right, you two, get this man on a stretcher and follow me. Lift right, That seems strange, parading without Walker, doesn't it, Wilson? Yes, it does, uh, very strange. Here's your tea, sir. Oh, thank you. Hey, hey, Pike, aren't you, Godfrey, go easy with that sugar? There's not much left. How we can get any more without Mr. Walker? I do not know. We're certainly going to miss him, you know. Yes, I still can't believe he's gone. Okay, fellas, I am back. Oh, right then, come on, come on, lads. Line up. 
I've got chocolate biscuits, I've got hair grips, I've got nylons. Walker, good heavens, what are you doing here? I've got me ticket. I'm out. Out? You've only just gone in. I don't understand. How? Simple. I am allergic to corned beef. I just can't eat it. But I can definitely sell it. How about half a dozen things for you? In that episode of Dad's Army from the original television series by Jimmy Perry and David Croft, you heard Arthur Lowe as Captain Mannering, John LeMessurier, Sergeant Wilson, Clive Dunn, Corporal Jones, John Larry, Private Fraser, Arnold Ridley, Private Godfrey, Graham Stark, Private Walker, Michael Knowles, the Captain and Mr. Reese, Judith Furs, the Chairwoman, and Jack Watson as the Sergeant and the Brigadier. The Loneliness of the Long Distance Walker was adapted for radio by Michael Knowles and Harold Snowd and produced by John Dias. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our latest episode of Dad's Army. Don't forget, we're back tomorrow with more adventure from insurance investigator Johnny Dollar going live at 5 p.m. GMT. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's old time radio show. But for now, at the end of William's birthday, thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every week, and I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's old time radio show. Love you. Bye. <laughs>